0: This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy.
1: Welcome back in MD Nation and happy lunch hour on Tuesday here with the MD's Fantasy Football Show streaming to you live on social media at Show and, of course, on the YouTube channel, the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Please subscribe as soon as you get the chance. You'll be able to check us out after this on your favorite pod streaming app, iTunes, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, wherever you like to go. And we'll be on tonight from 7 to 8 on the Unhinged Radio Network, unhingedsn.airtime.pro. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. And we're here to go over the primetime matchup recaps from week four, the Sunday night and Monday night recap. And then we begin to look forward to week five. We begin the waiver wire report for week five. We begin to continue to make your teams better on your way to an MD Nation championship. That is what it is all about. About now, we had two primetime games that were uneven. It was funny this, this time last week. I was talking about how you know the primetime matchups, including the Thursday night games, with the exception of one to that point, have been all very good. And I guess technically, both these games were close ish. I suppose we had what was going into the week as a ton of hype Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into New England, Tom Brady returning home. Ultimately, he got what he wanted. He just wanted the victory. He wanted to win. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers did just that 19 and 17. The rest of us did not. No, whether it was a mixture of Bill Belichick playing the Brady's weaknesses, whether it was the rain that came down to hinder both offenses, or really hinder Tampa Bay's offense. New England doesn't actually have an offense, whether it's rain, shine, whatever. That was the unfortunate part of this game. It was just that from a statistical standpoint, from an entertainment standpoint, frankly, it left much to be desired. There are some things to talk about from a fantasy standpoint, however. Now, Brady himself was disappointing, of course. He didn't have any touchdowns in this game, only threw the ball for 269 yards, didn't fall forward for a touchdown on a quarterback sneak to save your fantasy day. It was a fantasy nightmare, pretty much. It was a fantasy nightmare. However, I feel pretty confident in saying that this will probably go down as Brady's worst game of the year. And I'm not worried about it from a fantasy standpoint, he's still a QB1. He's performed as a QB1. And if anything, you should feel more confident about that continuing because Carlton Davis picked up an injury. Now all of a sudden Richard Sherman is looking like their only corner available and they were able to attack him pretty consistently. Patriots where that is against Richard Sherman yesterday. So, I don't know how worried I am about Tom Brady's fantasy output. And he still has a lot of best weapons. He's still under Bruce Arians. He'll be fine. This is just one of those games where they got the win. It was a tough defensive matchup. It was bad in the weather. Mike Evans, 12 targets, 7 receptions, 75 yards. A nice, solid game there. Antonio Brown and his game back from COVID 11 targets, 7 receptions, 63 yards. What does Bill Belichick do? He always takes away the team's number one option. And coming into this game, the team's number one option had been Chris Godwin. Five targets, three catches, 55 yards. I'm not worried about Godwin moving forward. Now, here's what I am going to say. With Rob Gronkowski hurt multiple crack ribs from what we understand, he's probably going to miss at least a few more weeks. So if he has multiple cracked ribs, there's a good chance he's going to be out for a few weeks. So there's two things you take away from that. One, as more targets getting consolidated to the three receivers, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, three guys I have inside, you know, most of the time we'll have inside my top 24, all three of them. Anyway, Antonio Brown benefits the most, of course, because his target share now becomes more consistent in the absence of Rob Gronkowski or Chris Godwin, Mike Evans will always probably be the top two guys. It'll just be a matter of, you know, does Brown get mixed in or not with the absence of Gronk. There's more of a target consolidation. The other thing that does, it puts Cameron Bray on the deeper league, you know, sleeper streamer tight end Two yeah, two receptions, 29 yards on six targets in this game. While OJ Howard actually played a few more snaps He's clearly in there as the blocking tight end. Cameron Bray is there to be the more receiving tight end for Rob Gronkowski. There's, uh, it's a high-volume offense. There will be enough volume to go around where Bray will still be able to get his in certain situations, depending on how long Gronk is out for, along with Evans, Brown, and Godwin. So he is a sleeper, streamer, tight end. Definitely not a guy I'm definitely targeting compare, compared to some of the other tight ends that we talked about, let's say, in yesterday's show during the Sunday afternoon recap. But somebody to keep your eye on. However, for the most part, it consolidates between the three receivers. You feel good about that. The aspect we have to take, talk about Tampa Bay moving forward that has changed, I believe at least, is the backfield. Now, we don't know how much longer G.M. is going to be out. He may be back week five. We're not 100% sure yet. But as long as he is out... You could play Leonard Fournette as an RB2. high At the very least, a high-end RB3, but I think you could play him as an RB2. I, I truly, truly believe that. Now, the reason being is that, of course, we know that of the two out of Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, Fournette is going to be the guy who gets the opportunities in the passing game. And in this game, five targets, three catches, 47 yards. Here's the other kicker, and this is where you really get confident about Leonard Fournette. He had 20 carries compared to Ronald Jones's six. 91 rushing yards. He was actually good in this game. Now, Jones winds up getting the touchdown. But it wasn't close as far as who the lead back was. It wasn't remotely close. 63 snaps to 13 in favor of Leonard Fournette. 20 carries in the, instead of six in favor of Leonard Fournette. Fournette, I think, I, 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 feel, I feel hesitant about saying this out loud because I feel like you know, for the last year and a half now, anytime we thought a Tampa Bay running back has emerged, we were immediately shown the door the, the following week on that. But this isn't just a one week thing now. Like Leonard Fournette has played ahead of Ronald Jones ever since Jones fumbled in week one. From a snap count perspective, he's played ahead of him every single week since that moment in week one. Now, the only difference was, you know, we had week three, I Bernard got heavily involved against the Rams. When does he come back? That remains to be seen. And Leonard Fournette will go back to being RB3. But I think I can be confident, and I'm doing my job well when I say to you that Leonard Fournette is clearly ahead of Ronald Jones, and this is no longer a committee between those two. This is Fournette's backfield, with the exception of maybe Bernard getting sprinkled in the pass game when he returns. So Fournette, I'm actually firing him up in Week 5 with confidence. We'll watch Bernard, but assuming Fournette is the guy, I fire him up with confidence heading into week five and until further notice. So believe it or not, out of the first quarter of the season, we actually had Tampa running back present themselves. And thankfully for me, it was the guy I ranked ahead in the preseason draft. Everybody else had Ronald Jones. I had Leonard Fournette ahead of Ronald Jones. I seem to be the only one. So I feel pretty good about that uh, as far as that's transpired. On the Patriots side of things, of course, like I said, there's not a lot to get into here. It's not a lot of offense to be had. It just isn't. It doesn't matter to play in Tampa Bay or anybody else. Mac Jones probably has his best statistical day of the year 31 of 40, 275 yards, two touchdowns against a putrid secondary. The running game was non existent. Nobody can run on Tampa Bay. So when you look at Damian Harris's four carries for minus four yards, don't fret. All right. Don't fret about that. Don't get overly concerned. Brayden Bolden is more likely to take over the James White role. Keep that in mind. But Damon Harris has better days ahead. Okay. So don't worry about that. Starting off with next week. I believe they play Houston off the top of my head next week. You'll be fine to play him as a low-end RB2 against Houston, who has some upside into that matchup. He's an, he's a, he's an RB3 matchup-dependent running back. That's what he is. That's what he's been going into this season. That has not changed. If you were playing him against Tampa Bay, I only assume you were doing so because you literally had no other options to turn to because we told you going into this game it's not a game. you want to play Damian Harris at all. Jacoby Myers continues to be the number one Patriot wide receiver, 12 targets, eight receptions, 70 yards. He has a safe floor. He doesn't have much of a ceiling. He doesn't go down the field deep. He's not get the big plays. Maybe if he happens to catch a touchdown that game, he'll wind up performing a lot better than what your usual expectations would be. But for me, Half point, full point PPR leagues. This guy is a higher end wide receiver three with a high floor that you can continue to play in that position. Everybody else. I don't really, I don't care about Kendrick Bourne. I don't care about Nelson Aguilar. This team doesn't take enough deep shots for Nelson Aguilar to be relevant. Then you get to the tight end aspect of it with Hunter Henry. He had four receptions, 32 yards, a touchdown on five targets. Janu Smith also had five targets, also had a touchdown, but three receptions for 14 yards. If you take away those touchdowns, it's another incredibly putrid day for these tight ends. This is not a high volume passing offense when it can avoid it. I mean, heck, look at it this way. Mac Jones had 40 pass attempts. They scored 17 points. His offense is not set up for a bunch of pass catchers to go off. And as much as I thought Janu Smith and Hunter Henry could have been the, you know, baby reincarnation version of Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski is not going to come out that way because the offense is just, isn't up-tempo enough, isn't high-powered enough. And Jacoby Myers, not a Mac Jones taking over is the number one target taking away from those two tight ends. So outside of Myers and outside of Damien Harris, there's not much value I have there for New England Patriots moving forward. So that does it for a Sunday night recap. I want to hit a quick break, get a word from our sponsor. When we come back on the other side, we have the Monday night game between the Chargers and the Raiders to talk about. And, of course, we have the waiver wire report to come to you guys after that. So stay tuned here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. The NFL is back in action, and so is winning season at MyBookie. With over $500,000 in contest prize money, winning season makes the big games better and the victories even sweeter. Head to MyBookie.ag and choose from a variety of boost contests, and promotions up for grabs highlighted by the crown jewel of winning season, the famed MyBookie Super Contest. And it only costs $10 to enter. Pick five games against the spread each week. Each win earns you a point and each point gets you closer to the grand prize. If you missed out on week one, don't even sweat it because entries are still open and all it takes is one solid week to get you back in the mix. Don't just take my word for it. Join now and start your winning season with MyBookie today. In order to get you started, make your first deposit at MyBookie.ag and use promo code MDFANTASY to instantly receive double your deposit. That's double your money to double your winnings with your first ever deposit using promo code MDFANTASY. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Welcome back, MD Nation. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show, streaming to you live on social media at Show on YouTube. Subscribe to the MD's Fantasy Football Show channel as soon as you get the chance. And, of course, check us out on your favorite pod streaming app, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker. We'll be live tonight from 7 to 8 on the Unhinged Radio Network at unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We're going over the Sunday night and Monday night recap. Monday night recap now in this segment. Of course, we have the waiver wire report for you right after this as we begin to look ahead to week five. But let's jump into this Monday night game. Let's talk about the Raiders. Let's talk about the Chargers. So now we only have one undefeated team, right? It's just the Arizona Cardinals. The Chargers take care of business here, 28-14. to 14. Pretty in control of this game all the way through. The Raiders did come back in the second half and try to make this a ball game. But the Chargers never gave way. Derek Carr threw a game-sealing interception to Derwin James, who's playing great, by the way. So nice to be able to see him out there on the field and not hurt and seeing him play up to his capabilities. Derek Carr finally doesn't throw for plus 300 yards, only 196 yards, two touchdowns in this game, interception. That's why they're streaming quarterbacks. That's why he's not a QB1. That's why he's a streaming quarterback. Now, he's still a streaming quarterback. I'm not going to say, like, oh, one bad game, that's it, you're done. But against the Chargers, which is a defense that you've been able to take advantage of for the most part from a fantasy standpoint, to see him not put up a good performance when they were trailing from behind 21-0 in the first half in this game, it just it reaffirms that he's a streaming quarterback, not a guy that you set it and forget it, in case you needed the reminder. Josh Jacobs, if you had him, and you were waiting to play him, and he was active for this game, you played him. Is it the performance you were hoping for? No. But Peyton Barber actually picked up an injury in this game, which might be interesting for those of you who's still holding on to Kenyan Drake. In case something else does happen to Josh Jacobs, we'll have to see exactly what Barber's injury is going to be or if they bring in somebody else. Who knows? Jacobs himself was not great in this game. 13 carries, 40 yards, 3.1 yards a carry. You're hoping because of the matchup, he get a little bit better. But here's what I'll say this. And this was interesting. Josh Jacobs. Five targets, five receptions, 17 yards. Kenny and Drake didn't receive one target in this game. Not a one. Now, this is what we can get out of Josh Jacobs, a workhorse back. While this, this in and of itself, this game was not great from a fantasy standpoint, it would sure as hell get a lot better, especially from a floor's perspective, on Josh Jacobs, if he could just be the workhorse guy. So it was interesting to see. I don't know if they've totally soured on Drake. I don't know if they've decided that they're going to let Josh Jacobs become a workhorse. I doubt it. I have to see this for more than one game. However, Jacobs right now, you like that. You like that usage. And as long as he's healthy, he's playing, you have to play him as an RB2. Still a bad offensive line, unfortunately. I still don't view this to be a high-powered offense, even though they've played well up until this point. So he's still just an RB2, but something to keep an eye on if his usage continues to trend in this direction. Darren Waller, four receptions, 50 yards, gets a touchdown in this game on seven targets. Hunter Renfro continues to be a thing. I still don't trust any one pass catcher not named Darren Waller on the Raiders. But Hunter Renfro has had a solid floor, has had a tar- solid target share throughout this season thus far. He has eight targets in this one, six catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Henry Ruggs, three receptions, 60 yards, six targets. Brian Edwards continues to just not produce. He might be out there a lot. He might play a lot, but he's not there to put up numbers. And I don't know too many people in 12-man leagues who are holding on to Brian Edwards, but if you are, you know, don't. Don't bother. There's no reason to. I don't even want to play Ruggs or Renfro who have been more consistently involved, let alone Brian Edwards. So from a fantasy standpoint, I'm still playing Jacobs every week. I'm still playing Darren Waller every week. And the receivers are streaming options in certain desperate situations. That's about it for me. There's still nothing to consistently dig your teeth into. We flip to the Charger side of the ball. And while Herbert didn't put up a ton of yards in this game, 222, especially when you consider he had 38 pass attempts, he did have three passing touchdowns in this game. So he still had a decent fantasy day against the Raiders. One going to Jared Cook, who came away with the big game of the night. Six receptions, 70 yards on seven targets. Big revenge game for him. Keenan Allen was targeted a ton, although didn't do much with it. 11 targets, seven receptions, but only 36 yards. Was like the check down king, essentially, of the game. The biggest disappointment has to be Mike Williams. This is a guy that has now developed into somebody where people are expecting to be, you know, a high and wide receiver two, putting up wide receiver one level numbers. This is supposed to be a decent to good matchup for Mike Williams. One catch, 11 yards on four targets. Now look, the chargers dominated this game. They're up 21, nothing in the second half. They're pretty much trying to melt the clock. I know the Raiders made it a game at one point, But this is a weird game, weird game script where the Chargers didn't have to stay super aggressive on offense through all four quarters. Better is I have for Mike Williams. He's had one bad game out of four, three tremendous games. I'm not worried about it. Not worried about it. Okay. But I will say this, this is why Keenan Allen should be consistently ranked ahead of Mike Williams. He just has a higher floor. He gets 11 targets. I know it's 36 yards, left, much left to be desired, but he just has that floor of he'll always be the number one targeted receiver. And no matter what the game script is, no matter what the situation is, he's a threat to get double-digit targets every single week. Mike Williams will return to being more fantasy relevant. He's still a must start a must-play. This does not make him go back to being the Mike Williams of old. This is still a new offense where he's running a new route tree, and that's why I like it. This was the game where Jared Cook got involved, and that wound up being the difference. So I'm not going to read too much into this. As far as Austin Eckler goes, 15 carries, 117 yards, rushing touchdown, and tax on three receptions for 28 yards, and a receiving touchdown on five targets, Austin Eckler and continues to be an elite RB one who gets involved in the passing game, gets involved in the rushing game, gets red zone looks. And yeah, you're going to look at the box screen. You see Larry Roundtree ran for 11 times. That mostly came at the end of the game. when they we are just trying to melt out the clock. Eckler, believe it or not for his stature, for all his injury history in the past, they are showing no hesitation and allowing him to be a workhorse back. And because the way he catches the ball, he always has a safe floor. And because he's getting red zone looks, he's now more of a touchdown threat than he's ever been at any point in his career, which is why he continues to be an elite RB1, plain and simple. Nothing really else to talk about in that game. So what we're going to do is hit one more break, get one more word in from our sponsor. When we come back on the other side, we'll wrap up this show with the waiver wire report. So stay tuned to the MD's fantasy football show. We'll be back right after this. Your
0: client's going away for 10 years. Unless. Unless. unless we swap first
1: round picks. Fantasy football draft season is upon us. It's time for you to put the PP back in the PPR league with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming just launched the new Performance Package 4.0. Don't neglect your balls like the Packers' front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com. For 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. This will help you tame that Troy Polamalu in your pants. And good news for our international listeners. Their life-changing products are now available in Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. All with the 20% off and free international shipping when you use the promo code Fantasy today.
0: You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show.
1: Welcome back, MD Nation. Welcome back to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. Joined here with our myself and I, my way of our report. We're saying that with Chris being here. He'll be back on Thursday. Don't worry for the preview show. We got the waiver wire report. We just went over the Sunday night recap, went over the Monday night recap, and now it's time to put Week Four to bed and head to Week Five. It's time to get better. Keep churning out for your MD Nation Championship, baby. That's what we're here for. I got a half your list than I did last week, for different reasons. Some streaming options. Some injury. Some guys trending in certain directions that I want you guys to be aware of. So let's get started on this thing. And I went back, you know, last week, I just kind of threw them all together because it was a short list anyway. This week, I went back to doing it by position of guys I want you to target or at least in certain situations, target anyway, not every situation. But if you're streaming at quarterback, Trevor Lawrence officially dropped down to being less than 50% owned. He's 49% owned. Here's what I liked out of that Thursday night game. While still, there's been a lot to desired passing wise. So a lot to be desired Urban Meyer and the offensive play calling. The one thing that Lawrence did do that urban Meyer talked about wanting him to do. That was actually smart. Not many things came out of them. That's smart, including what happened this weekend, but we'll leave that here because it's a fantasy football show, but he ran more urban Meyer talked about Trevor Lawrence. Hey, Take the ball down and scramble. Use that athleticism, and you got to see it. If you didn't get watch this guy in Clemson, you probably heard that, like, oh, he's mobile, but you really hadn't seen it yet in the NFL. He showed you in that game against Cincinnati, no, no, no. He truly is mobile. He truly is a fast athlete when he actually allows himself to be. And I do tend to think that we're going to see more of that, especially now with DJ out. They're losing weapons. They're going to have to move the chains more consistently. But that was a big reason why I was like, hey, Lawrence, use your legs. Move the chains, man. Be a weapon. Because we need it. You need as many weapons as you can. I think that's a trend that will continue. Partly the reason why I was banking on Trevor Lawrence being a, he was a top 10 fantasy quarterback for me heading into and in drafts because I was expecting him to run and have the high, high volume. The high volume of the passing attack has been there running has not been until that week in Cincinnati. I think that continues. That's why he's a streaming quarterback for me. That's why I think you can look at Trevor Lawrence this week at 49%. Oh, now, you know, as far as fab priority goes, you're not using any resources on him in redraft, especially 12-man redraft leagues. Hope you guys understand this. I wouldn't use any resources on any streaming quarterback on a week-to-week basis, especially in one quarterback redraft leagues. I wouldn't do it. So keep that in mind. Justin Fields, he is on my list. He's 37% owned. The reason being is this. He played better, which gives you some comments like, okay, it's not like you don't belong in the NFL or anything. But the other reason is, again, I talked about this with Alan Robinson in yesterday's show. There is still untapped upside potential because Matt Nagy is not handed over to play calling yet to Bill Lazor. Now, had he done that, and Justin Fields was still this ineffective or not running the way we expected him to be once he start, became the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears under Bill Lazor, then we hit the panic button, then we would just drop him, then we would just move on. He wouldn't be a thing. Because that hasn't happened yet, there is still an untapped potential for this offense, I believe. And I believe when Bill Lazor takes over, you'll see Fields start to use his athleticism and be the fantasy asset that we all thought he could be. So if you can stash, and Fields isn't necessarily a streamer, but if you can stash Fields, I would still look to do so. And whether Dalton wants to be the starting quarterback or not this week, he won't be the starting quarterback for the rest of the year. Okay, it's not going to happen. Justin Fields will take back over permanently at some point. It should already be now. Somebody should be stepping into Matt Nagy now. There's no reason. Chicago, you're in rebuild. You need to get fields going. If you have any future, should be going back to Amy Dalton. But even if they do, it will happen again at some point this season. Similar with Trey Lance, 19% owned. Now, we know now that Jimmy Garoppolo has a chance to play in week five. So again, it goes back to my Trevor Lawrence advice. I'm not wasting priority. I'm not wasting fab in a one quarterback, 12 man redraft league. On Trey Lance, but at 19% owned, if Garoppolo can't go, I did discuss that I have I would have Lance ahead of Fields as far as picking guys up because we know Shanahan is going to design an entire offense around Trey Lance's mobility. We know he's going to. We already saw it when he came in in the second half. So that's where I have a little more confidence, and I would definitely play Trey Lance ahead of Justin Fields. I may even consider ahead of Trevor Lawrence because of the rushing floor that he would probably have against Arizona coming into this thing. But again, we have to watch the practice report. And because we're not going to really know, I don't want to get caught spending resources on a guy who's still not going to start yet. Because if Garoppolo, again, does come back and start week five, it may still be a while before we see trailing. Because they got the bye week the week after. And if Garoppolo's a starter and doesn't have any setbacks, he's probably the bye week when they come back in week seven. So just a word of caution there. I wouldn't spend any resources on him. Those are the three quarterbacks I was looking at. Now let's get into the running backs. Obviously, number one has to be Damian Williams, 10%. Hopefully, at some point, we'll get a clear-cut idea on exactly how long David Montgomery is going to be out. But let's assume Montgomery is going to be out for at least a month or more. Damian Williams is somebody I think you have to spend. If you're a David Montgomery owner, I would go as far as to say you spend half your fab. But half your fab because you want to protect yourself, you want to protect that value. And the one thing about David Williams, while he's not as good as David Montgomery as a running back, we know he's going to have a safe floor because there's absolutely no question that he'll be involved in the passing game and he'll get the targets to supplement that floor of his. And he is a running back who has the ability to break one here and there. So I would use half my fab to make sure I was protected. If I'm not the David Montgomery owner. I'm trying to get on Damian Williams. I am not looking to outbid them. Again, I don't go more than half my fad budget on players that are not going to be starters for the rest of the season. I just don't. It's a rule of thumb of mine because you want to put yourself in a situation where the expense you put out there doesn't last all year. When you're putting out that much of a chunk expense, that doesn't last value for you all year. You wind up screwing yourself in the long run. But 25, 30%, yeah, I'm looking at that because I think you're looking at an extended timeline of a guy who can be an RB2 for you. And so you figure out other options. And perhaps the David Montgomery owner is also the same guy who's blew his fab budget on Elijah Mitchell already, or blew his fab budget on Achuba Hubbard already. And they won't be able to be able to match your bid, even at 25, 30%. It all depends. And yes, 100 percent using a number one waiver priority on Damian Williams. No questions asked. Next guy on my list is JD McKissick. Now he's 49% owned, so he's close to 50-50, but does just make the cut because he's just less than 50% owned. Somebody to keep in mind there. I want you guys to think about, again, I go back to, he's still playing third and long, still playing two minute drills. If you're in PPR leagues, JD McKissick is somebody that you can contemplate in the flex or in a spot start situation if need be, especially when you consider the Washington defense has been terrible to this point, And he may be a more pro J.D. McKissick game scripts than anybody originally thought. So keep that in mind as well. Again, McKissick, not spending a priority on him, not spending fad budget on him, but an interesting pickup that I think you can plug and play in your lives depending upon the situation. Same thing goes with Kenneth Gainwell. He's also a flex play to RB2 spot star in PPR leagues because of his involvement in the passing game. he Now, in his situation, he's got a little bit more upside of McKissick. McKissick is never going to take over Antonio Gibson. There is still a chance, I believe, Kenneth Gaywell may take over for Miles Sanders at some point this year because it's just clear the Philadelphia Eagles have no long-term plans for Miles Sanders or like this guy whatsoever moving forward. So it just wouldn't surprise me. Gamewall has more upside. That's why I would go after him. I would maybe spend, especially after this week, he's going to be more of a hot commodity he's been because he's been on my waiver report every single week. He's still only 24% owned on average. After scoring that touchdown against Kansas City and the second week in a row of being more involved, I think we're going to see him. <laughs> excuse me. Kind of take more of the lead. And I'm going to get the frog out of my throat. And uh, play one more spot for one of our sponsors. We'll be back right after this, and we'll be talking to you. You the end can of the get championship footballs at championshipfootballs.com. They offer a 100% money back guarantee on every single souvenir football that they sell. It's the coolest present that they'll open that day guaranteed. There's nothing worse than trying to find the right gift for somebody that already has everything. Whether that special present is for a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan or an Alabama Crimson Tide backer, maybe Gramps is a lifelong Dallas Cowboys supporter, or your brother-in-law is in LSU Tiger territory. Know a member of the Baylor Alumni Association? Is there a better Father's Day gift? For someone who's a Kansas City Chiefs fan, send them the coolest present. They'll open that day, guaranteed. Now, if your favorite pro team is the Buffalo Bills or those Minnesota Vikings, well, we're sorry about that. Also, if you're a New Mexico State Aggie or a Tulane Green Wave alum, Not much they can do. After all, the name isn't Nice Effort. You had a pretty good season. Football's.com. The name is ChampionshipFootballs.com. The coolest present. They'll open that day guaranteed.
0: You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show.
1: Welcome back, MD Nation. You are listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Streaming to you live at Show on social media and, of course, on the YouTube channel. The MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. I officially got the frog out of my throat. I apologize for that. We're continuing on with the waiver-wide report. I was just talking about Kenneth Gainwell. How I would... I don't know if I'd use a number one priority on him. I don't think you have to do that yet. But if you're in the bottom six of your league, I'd go ahead and use it. Because the running back with upside that you could be getting ahead of the curve on. It would not be surprised if Kenneth Gainwell takes over from Miles Sanders at some point. Where J.D. McKissick doesn't have that kind of upside on Antonio Gibson. And I would probably use, because he's going to be a hotter commodity this week, I'd probably think about using 10 to 15% of my FAB budget to get him. Again, not only does he have flex playing PPR leagues, he's a potential spot star, and he has further upside than that for the rest of the season. So a guy I'm looking at pretty heavily there. Samaji Perrine, 2% out. Now, again, Joe Mixon, if you've been following us on social media at BellamyMDFF Show, we can keep you up to date on those player news notifications. Joe Mixon does have a chance to play in Week Five. Remember, they had the extended time off. It's a low ankle sprain. Similar, it sounds similar to me what Dalvin Cook was going through, which did cost him a week, and he did come back this past week and was on one hundred percent. But he did only miss one game. In Mixon's case, he has the extended stay going into the following week. Zach Taylor talked about, you know, the, there was one report that said he was week to week. Zach Taylor came out later on and said, no, he's more like day to day than he is week to week. And we're going to try him out and reevaluate him on Wednesday. So we're going to know more in the practice report tomorrow about Joe Mixon. If he's able to come out and practice in a limited capacity on a Wednesday, that's a pretty good sign that he may be able to suit up. Samaji Perrine, either way, as of right now, because, you know, you're doing your waivers Tuesday night, so you have to kind of project these things out. Samaja Print to me, only has value to a Joe Mixon owner. Because whether Joe Mixon suits up this week or next week, it's a short-term injury. I know there's been things we were mixing in the past. Remember, that was a midfoot sprain. They weren't even clarifying on that injury until, you know, after the season. This is not the same situation as it was a season ago. Relax. It's a low-grade ankle sprain. He's going to be out there, and this team isn't bad. They're actually playing for playoffs, so you have that to go with you, too. This is not the same situation of Joe Mixon owners from a season ago, so relax on that one. But if you have Mixon, I'd make sure I get Samaji Perrine. I'm not spending FAB. I'm not spending resources because, again, he only has value to the Joe Mixon owners, so keep that in mind. If you have Mixon, pick him up for free once waiver's clear because he doesn't really have much value outside of maybe being a one-week handcuff, if even that, on this based on his last report. Another guy who's a little bit interesting to me is Marlon Mack. If you're desperate at running back and you're, you need to take lottery tickets, Marlon Mack could be that guy. He's 5% owned. I do think he eventually does get traded because he's a young running back. To my eye test, he's actually looked pretty decent, I think, physically. And as long as that continues to be the case... With running backs dropping like flies the way they are, I think there will be a team at some point that does make a trade for Marlon Mack. So I think there's a chance that he does have some upside depending upon where he would go in that scenario. But I think there's a chance he could get something out of them. I think there's a chance anyway. We'll see. We move into the wide receivers. Emmanuel Sanders comes in at 45% owned. He has a safe floor. He's a wide receiver. Three, high-end wide receiver. Four, high-volume passing based offense he's playing ahead of Cole Beasley as the second receiver to Stephon Diggs now here's the good news at wide receiver there's not a receiver that you should have to spend a priority or fad budget on just shouldn't have to one there's plenty of guys available that are all around the same tier but two it's not like the running back position where you desperately need to find one there's always tons of wide receivers and there's nobody who blows your socks off on this wave wireless either. You got a Sanders, 45%. Cool. You pick him up for free. Great. Do so. Darnell Mooney. I think he's still more of a, a lottery ticket play than he is a guy I want to go ahead and plug and play, you know, this week coming up. even though he had the nice game because we still don't know who the starting quarterback is. We don't still don't know what Chicago is doing from an offensive standpoint. So he's more of a still of a lottery ticket wait and see guy than he is a plug and play play him this week guy. He's 40% owned. Christian Kirk, 38% owned. I'd rather play Christian Kirk than Darnell Mooney on a week-to-week basis as of right now. Mooney might have more upside as we get later on to the season, but if you're week five, you're looking for a spot start, I'd rather have a Christian Kirk, again, for free, 38% owned on average. Same thing goes with Tim Patrick. Now, he's more tied to Teddy Bridgewater. It's like Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater's got to come out of concussion protocol. It was Drew Locke. I'm not touching Tim Patrick with a 10-foot pole, but another guy you can get for free. His ownership at least has been increasing, so MD Nation, I'm going to credit to you guys. You've actually been listening to me at least a little bit because I've been talking about Tim Patrick every single week so far. Don't get deterred by him just because of the bad week this week. Again, if Teddy Bridgewater's out there in plus matchups, Tim Patrick can be plugged and played as a flex option. Canarius Tony. Now, this one I went back and forth on. I didn't really want to put him in there. Because I'm big on not wasting MD Nations time. That's why you'll see, like my waiver report, I will leave out certain guys that other people will talk about because I just think they're not really going to be that fantasy relevant on a week-to-week basis. However, you can't ignore the nine targets. You can't ignore the snap count numbers that Kadarius Tony had in the absence of a Sterling Shepherd and a Darius Slayton. As I talked about in yesterday's show. I talked about how Sterling Shepard, when he comes back, he'll be the number one target receiver over Kenny Galladay. Why? Because the slot receiver, no matter who it is, is where Daniel Jones is going to look to go with the ball first. Plain and simple. There's no other way around it. That's where he's going to go with the ball first. So, as a result, Kadarius Tony has to be on your way for our report. I'm not spending any resources on a 12-man redraft league. But he does have some interesting upside in certainly in matchups while Shepard is out. Where do you think the Giants are going to have to throw to move the football? And might be maybe in a higher scoring affair or have to come back from behind. Because the volume, he's a volume based flex play. As much as it pains me to say that, because I don't believe in the talent, I don't believe in this offense. But right now the volume can't be ignored. Now I got some tight ends on my roster this week, too, actually. Tyler Conklin, 23% owned. Talked about him. The one thing that you take out of that game against Cleveland is while they scored 14 points and it looked putrid offensively, Dalvin Cook, while he was not 100%, still had six targets. Osborne at seven. Adam Thielen had eight. Justin Jefferson had seven. And there's still enough room for Tyler Conklin to have six points. And while they only gave up 14 points to Cleveland and it was a low-scoring game, we talked about this before. That Minnesota defense is still not very good. And when they play against good teams, usually speaking, they're still giving up points. Kirk Cousins is still having to have a higher volume. I think Minnesota would like it know what we anticipated. As a result of that, there might be an extra abundant amount of targets where maybe Tyler Conklin can stay involved on a consistent basis. But he's as intriguing of a streaming tight end as any of them, including the next guy, Dalton Schultz. I talked about him a little bit yesterday. Second week in a row, he performed well, but it was more than that. He played well ahead in routes run and snap count to Blake Jarwin. So instead of this being a two tight end threat, a two tight end committee, which we're starting to see that pop up more and more, I feel like, recently, it seemed as though Dalton Schultz completely took the lead, especially as a pass-catching tight end goes. Now, I do wonder what happens when Michael Gallup comes back. But until that point, Dalton Schultz is a viable streaming tight end who's only 21% owned. So if you have a tight end, you're looking for a tight end, he is an option I think you can go to. Next guy is a sleeper tight end for me. The sleeper tight end on the week does Dan Arle. He's only 1% owned. Good reason to, but you look at Jacksonville. The volume that passing game has... On top of the fact, DJ Chark, probably out for the rest of the year. He's already on the IR. The target share gets consolidated to Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault, but it can't all go to Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault. Dan Arnold was targeted a bit in that Cincinnati game, and that was his first game in uniform for the Jacksonville Jaguars on a quick turnaround after a trade. They needed a tight end to come in. Trevor Lawrence needs another target to go to. And a tight end, a big tight end, especially in the red zone, could act as a safety blanket for Trevor Lawrence to some degree. I wouldn't be surprised. So there's real reason to think that potentially Dan Arnold might actually finally hit that sleeper streaming status that a lot of people want to put him in, that I was hesitant to put him in, until now at this point. Because now the situation makes sense for the volume to be there for him to be a legitimate sleeper streamer, tight end moving forward that you don't have to spend anything on right now. So keep that in mind too. That's going to do it. It's a short show today. I know short show today, but that's going to do it for us today. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. What's going to happen now is we'll be back on Thursday from 11 a.m. 12, twelve thirty p.m. The last time we'll be back on a Thursday at that time. We'll preview the Thursday night game, the early Sunday afternoon games. Chris will be back on the air with us. We'll have our rankings for you guys on BellyFantasySports.com. Make sure you check those out when they go live, either Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, somewhere in that territory. Subscribe to this show on your favorite pod streaming app, the Heart Radio, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker. Check us out tonight on the Unhinged Radio Network at unhingedsn.airtime.pro from 7 to 8 p.m. Make sure you follow us on social media at Show and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm Dan Mader. I'll be talking to you guys real soon. Everybody take it easy and good luck
0: was not the actual voice of a winner here at the container store we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place your home should be full of them that's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space from closets and pantries to playrooms offices and garages you can transform any area with alpha and save 30% here's another happy thought our design specialists will design your space for free get ready to discover your new happy place at the container store Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design.